He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I'm here with, uh, this is Dick Morris. Welcome to Sunday. Uh, Doug DePiro and I. Hey, Doug. Doug is not here. He's in Mar-a-Lago. Um, restoring the artwork in the in the um, building. Um, tell a little bit about what you're doing, Doug. In the living room, it's a great room where you walk in. Oh, hi, Dick. How are you? Hey. It's, uh, and a year ago when we were down there, I saw this mural and it had pops in it, like little breaks in the paint, and you could see white spots. And I told Dick uh, back then, you know, I can restore this thing. And when we finally were sitting with Trump one day, Dick says, you know, Mr. President, Doug here could uh, restore that mural for you. He goes, really? Are you Italian? <laughs> that was the funny part. <laughs> and then he walked me around. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And here I am for months now working on this mural. In February, he's going to live there. <laughs> he's the man who came to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pest that wouldn't leave. Yeah, that's right. The guest so, that wouldn't leave. It's a pest. So... I want to begin today's show with something that is of particular importance to everybody listening who has a 401k. Uh, This is one of the most horrible things to happen to an elderly investor in the world. Not elderly, any investor uh, in recent history. When you use your 401k, you put money into it so that you can defer taxation. And uh, it's a very good thing to do during your working life. And when you retire, you're permitted, indeed, after 70 required, to withdraw a certain amount each year. And uh, the law says that you have that your advisor, the investment advisor who invests that money for you, has a fiduciary duty to you to put the money where it will make the highest rate of return. And uh, that has stood as the law for ever since the system was, ever since it was founded, the 401ks. But now Biden's Department of Labor is throwing a new wrinkle into it. He wants, the Department of Labor, it wants to issue a regulation saying that the investment advisor can put your money into socially useful projects, uh, ESG, environment, uh, environment, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Environment, Social, and Governance, ESG, and projects. In other words, they can put the money into climate change or into uh, racial equity or into uh, gender equity and gender change. Uh, They can put it into a whole range of woke causes. And even though those woke causes don't don't make as much money as your current investments do, you have to accept a lower return so that they can put the money into ESG causes. What it basically boils down to is... Now, right now, the... And, and, and Dick, Dick, hold on. Legally, they could do this? Yep. Legally, they, well, they, they couldn't until January 31st. But at the end of this month, a regulation that Biden is proposing 
will take effect, and then they legally can do it. They're not yet required to do that, but they have the option of putting your money into ESG investments. Even though over the course of the last two years, ESG investments have had a 20% lower rate of return than investments generally. And because these investments tend to be in uh, renewable energy stuff, which is not regulated and which is very sensitive to the market, uh, your investments could be absolutely screwed. And uh, what's most pernicious about it is that if you do not specify to your investment advisor where you want your money to be invested, and you just say, hey, leave it to you, just do whatever you think is right, they have the authority to put your money into an ESG fund then and to set that up as your default investment. So you may eat dog food during your retirement, but at least you're contributing to fighting global warming. Yeah, I'll... Uh... This is, it's just totally outrageous what he's trying to do. In other words, after he lost the House, Biden's radical crowd, really Obama's radical crowd, sat down and said, how do we continue moving toward our objectives without using tax money because we no longer control both houses of Congress? And they came up with this vehicle, which is to take your retirement savings that you've amassed over a lifetime and can't replace and we're going to put that that money, that capital, to work on investments that promote our social agenda. You have to put your money where our mouth is, and uh, you're going to and and you're going to go along with that. Uh, now you have the option of saying, "Don't put my investments in ESG funds yet," and you'll have that option now. But probably very soon you won't. Very soon they're going to make this mandatory. First, they'll incentivize it, and then they'll require it. But you still have that alternative now. So every person who's listening to this show who has a 401K, circle your calendar. On February 1st, call or, and write the company that's managing your investments, be it Vanguard or the worst of them, which is uh, the, uh, the, the worst of them of these companies that, Absolute like BlackRock, they put their money into ESG hand over fist. You need to call or write them and say, I do not authorize you to put my money into an ESG investment. I want you to put my money only where it has the best return. And that's necessary uh, on February 1st. Until then, Donald Trump's executive order requiring that they do so, that they put the money where it'll give you the best Joe return. Biden. What? You no, said, Trump you did. Said Trump. Yeah, Trump did oh, this before oh, oh. he left, requiring that the money be put into the best return. But now Biden is superseding that with a Labor Department regulation that require that requires investment fund managers to put the money into ESG accounts, even if it's not the highest rate of return, if they wish to, or if the client wishes to. So basically, have these companies like BlackRock is the biggest of them that are very committed to a woke agenda, desperate to fight climate change. They want racial equity, which means anti-white discrimination. They want to stop investing in any company that is non-union. And they're going to take this agenda, and they're going to use your money to put it behind investments that advance that agenda. And they won't have to ask you. 
You can say no. You can borrow it. But they don't have to tell you what they're doing. They don't have to ask your permission. So on February 1st, get busy and get in touch with Vanguard or BlackRock or any of the funds that you're using to manage your IRA and tell them that you do not authorize them to put your money into uh, ESG funds. It's absolutely vital you do that. Otherwise, you're going to sit there and you're going to find your returns are cut in half. Americans have $6 trillion invested in 401ks, and that investment is now being harnessed to go toward flaky left-wing causes that don't necessarily provide much of a return. Uh, it's, it's, it's really serious and really important. Normally, the stuff we talk about here is about public sector stuff that you can do, but this is something that you need to do as an individual. Let's go to Christine on Long Island. Hi, Christine. Hi, Christine. Oh, okay. So, um. Christine's not on? Nope. This is something that, that is very important for you to do. Let's go to George in Rockland. Hi, George. Hi, good morning. Uh, fascinating, fascinating, okay. Uh, uh, everything you say is right. The only thing uh, I like to add, please, is uh, the expense ratios on those ESG funds is substantially higher than any other investment, and the reason for it is to make it very uh, advantageous to uh, the brokerage houses, to yeah. the investors. Let me explain what you mean. Uh, what he's saying is that when you invest your money in New York municipal bonds or something, there's not much of an administrative cost. But when you, your fund manager puts it in the ESG fund, he and the ESG fund make a lot of administrative money in addition to your return on your investment. So that comes right out of your principal. You're right. And remember how T. Boone Pickens about 20 years ago decided that he would invest in wind energy and yeah. put windmills all over Texas and then the wind stopped blowing. And, and he bankrupt, he was bankrupt. All of those investments went kaput. Uh, these are new technologies, this renewable energy stuff. And we don't know if they're working. Uh, you know how Texas ran out of power because the sun wasn't shining and the wind wasn't blowing. And, yeah. uh, the solar and the wind energy stuff wasn't producing power. And this, these kind of changes can happen very quickly or it goes out of favor or, if they find a new uh, technology that they invest in. Or cold fusion comes along and replaces it all. So don't get stuck holding the bag here. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Uh, hello, uh, hello, Mr. Nick Morris. Uh, with regard to the situation of Joseph Biden and the papers and the documents. Yeah. Okay, I'll, get, so I'll get to that a little later, Ralph. But I thought you had a comment on 401Ks. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll talk about documents uh, shortly after the break. So let's go to the break, and uh, we'll be back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the debt limit. Then we're going to talk about the docks. Then we're going to talk about the Panama Canal. Iran has just decided to station a warship right in the middle of the Panama Canal. Talk Thank to you when you we get back. Carter. Yeah, mm. right. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now... He's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clown. 
401k that Biden wants to use to advance his social agenda. I can't believe he could get away with that. I just can't believe he can get away with that. Well, the deal is that Congress can override an executive order, but he controls the Senate, so they're not going to do that. Uh, although it's possible on this issue that they could get Democratic votes. That's why it's important everybody contact their Republican congressman and get him to push hard against this and see if they can collect Democratic support, because I don't think any politician wants to be wants to be in a position of raiding your 401k. But right. they say they're not raiding it. They're putting it into socially constructive investments. By the way, the state governments have been trying to do this, and increasingly the legislatures are passing laws saying you can't do this. If you have your money in BlackRock, you've got to pull our pension money out of there. And you can't leave it there and you can't use it for these investments. But listen, before we go further, I want to talk a little bit about the debt limit, which is truly the crisis of our time. Um, Historically, the only way that Congress has been able to enforce limits on spending is by not increasing the debt limit. Um, There never used to be limits on spending and they went crazy. And in 2011, the Congress, I'm sorry, excuse me, not 2000, in 1991, Congress passed the Graham-Rudman bill that limited federal spending very effectively and was held unconstitutional, but then they passed another one, and it led to a decade of control of federal spending that culminated at the end of the decade in, on my, under my old boss, Bill Clinton, four years of balanced budgets and actual reductions in the national debt. Then in 2001, because of 9-11, it all went to hell and it was completely scrapped because they created the Department of Homeland Security, the Transportation Safety Administration, uh, extra, uh, extra special forces, and Bush led a very successful effort to stop terrorism from dominating life in the U.S. Um, it's one of her, his big unheralded successes. But after 9-11, we all thought we were going to be hit again. But anyway, his spending rekindled the deficit and the hell with the balanced budget. Then we had a bunch of financial shocks. The, uh, the big, the dot-com bubble, the uh, SNL crisis. Uh, and then finally, the big one, the COVID crisis. And the politicians used each of those to increase the deficit. And then Biden, who wasn't facing any of those crises, just for the hell of it, increased the deficit by $2 trillion, which, which means the debt. And this has completely gone out of control. The federal budget has two parts, mandatory and discretionary. The mandatory part happens automatically without congressional action. Your Social Security benefits, Medicare, Medicaid. When you go to get Medicare, they don't have to ask Congress, is it okay to spend this? It's your right and it's an entitlement program. And about two-thirds of the federal budget is mandatory. But one-third is discretionary. That's money for the bureaucracy and for each agency. And discretionary spending has gone up by 37% in 
under Biden. In, in two years, 37%. And this needs to be knocked down. It needs to be controlled. And the only way we're able to control it is by telling them you can't borrow any more money. The only way to stop your kid from overspending is to cut, is to withhold his allowance and ground him. And the federal government needs grounding. And the only way to do that is by telling them we're not going to raise the debt limit unless you enact some fiscal discipline. And what I think should happen is that we should say, you, for each dollar of debt that we let you borrow by raising the debt limit, you have to cut spending by one dollar. Um, or say in return for a trillion dollar cut, uh, we'll increase the debt limit. But some quid pro quo here is absolutely necessary. Now, the left has faced this kind of demand before, and they always come back with an argument that is total BS, complete BS. If I were allowed, I'd use, I'd spell that word out for you, but I'd be yanked off the air mid-word, right after bull, they'd come and get me. And Just going to uh, wash your mouth out with soap. Yeah, that's right. But the, uh, they say that, hey, if you don't increase the debt limit, we won't be able to borrow and we'll go broke. The U.S. will default on its obligations. Money we've already borrowed will not be repaid. People won't get interest and nobody will ever lend us money again. Our credit rating will crash and interest rates will go completely crazy. That argument is totally and completely fallacious. Hey, how about that? Fallacious is supposed to BS. Good synonym. And um, it's totally nonsense because the United States would still be able to spend the tax money that it takes in. And 80 cents out of every dollar we spend isn't from borrowing, it's from taxes, from your income tax and corporate income tax and all of that stuff. And that money would continue to flow. The only thing we couldn't do is borrow another 20% on top of that um, as part of our borrowing program. Now, the total amount we pay every year in debt service, interest and principal on our debt, is uh, $200 billion. And the total amount we spend from tax revenue is $4 trillion. So it's 5% of our total expenditures. Easily we can do that. If we didn't raise the debt limit for the next 100 years, we would not have a problem paying that debt. And when you add in Social Security and Medicare and Medicare gain, that the left is also saying you're going to cut because you're not raising the debt limit. We don't need to borrow money for those programs either. Those programs together come to a little more than half of the budget. And like I said, 80% of the budget is funded by tax revenues. So it's a complete scare tactic. It's absolute BS. What will happen if we don't raise the debt limit is the post office won't get as much money as it would. The State Department won't. The Commerce Department, the Labor Department, when they issue stupid regs like this. The um, the point is that you will have, that there will be no bad consequence to the American people. What will happen is spending will be constrained and limited, and we won't find ourselves confronted with the kind of inflation we're facing now. Everybody's all euphoric. The inflation rate dropped from 7.4% to 7.3%. Whoopee. Um, it, but when you count food and you count energy, it's over 10% a year as everybody here knows when they go shopping or pay their electric bill. And the pump prices declined by three cents, but diesel has gone up by a buck or two. 
and uh, the gas prices can start going up again. So the only way to stop this is not to raise the debt limit unless there are concrete commitments and legally binding commitments to cut government spending. And this is kind of Custer's last stand. It's the last chance we have to be able to stop the spending from going crazy. Why do we got to do that? Why don't we just not appropriate the money in the budget? Because freaking McConnell gave it all away during the lame duck session. He said, we're going to pass next year's budget this year with Congress that hasn't been elected yet. Indeed, with members that have been defeated. And these lame ducks plus rhinos plus Democrats were enough to pass this bill. So they've already passed the budget for this year. We can't cut it. We can't change it. Our next chance to change the budget won't be until October 23, October of this year, because that's when why the fiscal would Mc- year Why ends. would McConnell do that, Dick? Why would he do that? Well, I'll give you an unrelated story. Uh, Biden approved the bridge that he wanted to open uh, ah. between Kentucky and Ohio, uh, right near property he owns. And somehow or other, McConnell decided it was okay uh, to put all this spending enacted during the lame duck session. It has nothing to do with the bridge. But, yeah. but you know, it it was kind of a coincidence. I so, could say SOB, right, without saying it? I think you can. I think you can. Okay, that SOB. Yeah. But don't say SOBs because that's a four-letter word. They'll mumbles, get you in trouble. Mumbles McConnell. Yeah. So, so we're facing – so the only chance we have, the only way that we can hold spending down is by discipline on the debt limit. And already it's gearing up. There's even a charge that the Republicans are pushing the debt limit so they can cut Social Security in the guise of we don't have enough borrowing authority. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. We have more than enough money to pay for Social Security and for Medicare and for Medicaid and for our debt service from tax money. We don't need to get into borrowing until you're talking about the outer layers of the bureaucracy. And the bureaucracy is using the threat of these programs to stop us from using from using the debt limit to hold down spending. Uh, it's yeah. absolutely a, it's absolutely phony. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me, cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. That's the American taxpayer, another day older, and you're deeper in debt. In oh, 2011, uh, the national debt was $16 trillion. Now it's $32 trillion, double oh, in God. 10 years. And the only way we can stop that from continuing is by limiting the debt and requiring that it be, that it be accompanied 
that any increase in debt limit be accompanied by spending cuts. Very, very mm-hmm. important. So, yeah, but now, who's going to do that? Congress, because they have right. to come to us to raise the debt limit. It's it's a bill they have we have, we have to pass, otherwise they won't be able to borrow money. And uh, and by the way, if they can't borrow money, all that means is that the bureaucracy has to take a little less money. It doesn't endanger our credit rating or anything because we have tax money coming in, which will be more than enough right. to pay for that. Right. Um, Good. So um, Joe Biden has a song that he might be singing uh, without our knowledge. I've got a Can't be told is that Biden had four stashes of classified documents uh, in his car, in his house, in his garage, in you his know, mailbox. He told, he told his son, "Clean out that garage, will you, please?" Oops, sorry, Dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, this guy sat back while Trump was being skewered for right. taking the archives, and he was sitting on a pile of archives himself. And never thought about the hypocrisy. Unbelievable. And he's you know, going to get away with it like he always does. Yeah. And, but, you know, my view is that this is none of this is a big deal. Uh, I think they shouldn't have gone after Trump over these archives. Who gives a damn if the document is stored in the basement at Mar-a-Lago or in the garage in Wilmington, uh, as opposed to in the basement of the archive bureau? Who cares? Right. We're not talking about the Declaration of Independence or the original (laughs) copy of the uh, Monroe Doctrine or the Gettysburg Address. We're talking about routine memos that were stamped classified. Everything in the government is classified. They classify everything. And uh, there is no demonstration that any of these documents from Trump or from Biden made it out of them and was given to people who were nefarious or people who had not the interests of the United States at, at heart. You know, Dick, Dick, they probably stamped, you know, when it says wash your hands after you use the bathroom, they probably yeah. stamped that classified, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All up and down the toilet paper, yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. So so the, the, this is so phony. This whole scandal is so phony. And some overzealous, crazy bureaucrat who works for the archives, whose nose is out of joint when he doesn't get a document he should, got a law right. passed saying that this is a serious crime and if you commit it, you can't hold public office again. Now, that's absurd. It's not going to stop Trump from being president because the court has ruled right. that the Constitution tells you what are the grounds, what are the qualifications for being president. And they right. don't have anything to do with classified material. Uh, you got to be 35. you got to be a citizen. you got to be native-born. You have to have lived in the U.S. for 14 years. And that's it. And well, they, I got a question, Dick. I got a question. Can can Biden be impeached because of this? Well, he could, this? but it's ridiculous. It, and just like it would be crazy to give to impeach Trump when he was president over any of that right. stuff. Right. This is all just absolute distraction and garbage and partisan horse manure being thrown back and forth. The one right. good purpose it does serve is that it lets Trump off the hook for the right. documents that he took. Uh, and uh, those documents were basically for memorabilia. You, know, you may have taken some ashtrays. The reason you haven't read that these documents 
<laughs> compromised American security, like Hillary's emails did, that we know the Chinese hacked and we know the Russians hacked and we know when two foreign powers invidious to our interests. We know all that. But in terms of the archives, whether they're Trump archives or the Biden archives, none of that has come out. And the reason it hasn't come out is there's nothing there. Uh, these documents were complete, were routine, innocuous, you know. Um, uh, doesn't such can uh, come to dinner here at, uh, at a certain time? You know, it's, it was cleared to enter. I mean, they're, they're routine documents. But what it does do is it stops using this, them from using this issue against Trump. Right. They ridiculously have a special prosecutor investigating Trump on the archives, and uh, now they have to have one for Biden, too. And right. uh, it's just insane. Uh, but there's a deeper thought here I want to get to, which is what's the future of Joe Biden in the Democratic Party? Will they nominate him for president again? I believe that, and as the document scandal increases, which it really shouldn't, uh, it's going to increasingly impose, get the Democrats to look at dropping Biden, which they have to, they should, they must. The interests of the country depend on it. I wouldn't sell, I wouldn't sell him a six year life insurance term policy, you know, and to, to, to make him president in, in two years for four years is, it's just crazy. That's good. Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> particularly not if Kamala Harris is the beneficiary. Oh, I mean, uh, cackler. Yeah, oh, my God. Where's the cackle noise? But the, <laughs> yeah, you got. <laughs> <laughs> we should all chip in. That's Cackle Harris. <laughs> cackle Harris. She would benefit from that. <laughs> but, you know, this reminds me of the situation we faced in 1967 and 68. Johnson was the president, and he was stuck in the Vietnam War. Every, mm -hmm. People hated the war. Huge anti-war movement, growing and growing. And the Senate was filled with Democrats who said, uh, we can't let this war continue. We have to take action to cut it off, and Congress should cut off Johnson's war-making authority to stop this crazy war. They said that when there were 35,000 dead, they didn't do anything until there were 60,000 dead, but God. the extra 25,000 is is, should be on their conscience. But, yeah. but the point is that they, that even though most of these senators opposed the war, all of these liberal Democrats opposed it, nobody had the guts to challenge Johnson for the nomination. Nobody had the guts to stand up and say, we have got to stop him from getting the Democratic nomination unless he ends this war. And uh, and that, nobody had the guts to do that. Bobby Kennedy. And that's what it's all about. Bobby Kennedy was the leading opponent of the war, and everybody loved him because he did that. But then when they asked him, why don't you run against Johnson, he said, oh, no, that would split the party. I'm not going to do that. And then finally, a guy from Minnesota who was a totally unknown senator, inconsequential, Eugene McCarthy, said, the hell with this, I'm going to run because I want to stop him from expanding the war and continuing it. And if you want that to happen, vote for me, and we'll send a message to Johnson to get the hell out of Vietnam. And uh, everybody said McCarthy has no chance. This is ridiculous. This will split the party. This is simply uh, an ego trip. Uh, don't vote for him. But then in New Hampshire, he got 43% of the vote, 
which was huge. Uh, and, and really, uh, and then he won the Wisconsin primary after that. And all of a sudden, everybody realized that the emperor had no clothes, that Johnson right. was, couldn't, could, could be defeated. And then He's Bobby vulnerable. Kennedy got into the race and lots of people did. And, and Johnson announced he's not running again. And he pulled out. I Beautiful. think that we're looking at a scenario very much like that about Joe Biden. I think that at the moment, you've got a cast of thousands of Democrats who think that he's too old and too senile and too decrepit to run again. Uh, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, Klobuchar, senator from, uh, uh Minnesota, uh, mm. Sanders, senator from Vermont, um, Warren you still alive, that guy? Yeah, as much as he ever was. <laughs> um, Warren, senator from uh, Massachusetts, and a whole lot of them are lining up and saying, we uh, are saying privately, we can't renominate Biden. we got to choose a younger, more energetic person. Right. And I believe that what's going to happen is that that dam is going to break. Uh, right. the, part, the party politics abhors a vacuum. And, uh, you're gonna get some, maybe some fluke like Beto O'Rourke or, uh, Tim Ryan who ran for Senate against Vance in Ohio and lost, but his platform was that we need to replace this, these leaders with the new generation of leaders, meaning dump mm-hmm. Biden. And, uh, I think that when some, when people increasingly come out and say that, the dam is gonna break and then right. everybody's gonna get into the race and Biden will be, will be dead meat. Um, the four-minute mile thing. Yeah, exactly. That, what what yeah. do you mean by explain that, Doug? Well, you know, the first time a guy uh, ran the four-minute mile, he beat it. Then everyone started to yeah. uh, beat the four-minute mile. And now they break it in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. and I think that there's going to be this, this I think there'll be this cavalcade of people coming out of the woodwork to do that. Uh, All right. And, and I think the, the so-called archive scandal, the Biden piece of it really opens the door to that in a, in a major right. way. Gives now, them an excuse. Tom in Brooklyn wants to, another, that's a question about the 401k thing I started this with. How you doing, Mr. Morris? Um, I'm concerned that the, the investment groups and the consultants uh, can use our money without our knowledge or permission uh, in yeah, these right. non, non, you know, non fiduciary type. Yep. I want to know, is this, do you think it's similar to the large companies raiding a retirement fund and the employees and of the employees and they yes. go broke? Is it, it's absolutely it, the same. It's ex- exactly the same. Um, only they're raiding it usually for private profit for their company. Um, whereas this is for the ESG causes, which is profit for these, their favorite companies. Don't think this money is, is entirely honest. When they invest it in your, when they take your 401k and they put it into ESG, left-wing woke causes, there are kickbacks involved, there are payments back to, uh, to the company, and, uh, and there's corruption very deep in this. And the more our 401ks have to go into this, the more corruption is going to be exposed. But I repeat, the big thing for everybody to do here is on February 1st, contact Whoever is managing your 401k and make clear to them you do not have my authorization to invest any of my 401k retirement savings in ESG funds. I want you to invest them only in funds that have the highest rate of return. 
If you say that to them, it's legally binding. They can't. They have to obey your instruction. But if you don't say that, they can put that in your money any place they want, and you'll find yourself funding radical, crazy left-wing causes or some demented idea to uh, save the planet or something. And, yeah. and your retirement savings will be the cutting edge for that. Yeah, save the spotted worm. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, Well, you may not be able to go to those places, but how about the Panama Canal? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Iran just announced that they are stationing a warship right in the middle of the canal. They're, put, they're dropping anchor right in the middle of the canal, an Iranian warship. And uh, it's a total provocation. This wouldn't happen if Trump were president. And uh, we own the Panama Canal for 100 years? Well, no, we gave it to we gave it to Panama in 1977 under Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, yeah, yeah, and um, and what Iran is now using the freedom of the seas to plant a warship right in the middle of the canal. The reason oh they're doing God. it is to show power in the Western Hemisphere um, to aid the Maduro dictatorship in Venezuela. That's there, the former Chavez dictatorship. That they control and they run, and uh, and it, it's it's really terrible. It's a, a serious provocation. Now, there is a in the treaty that we signed with Panama to give them the canal. There's a provision that says the agreement to maintain the the, the agreement to maintain the regime of neutrality in the canal. Established in this treaty in Article 4 of the treaty means that either of the two parties, U.S. or Panama, to the treaty may, in accordance with its constitutional processes, take unilateral action to defend the Panama Canal against any threat as something as determined by the party taking such action. In other words, we can militarily intervene to force Iran to pull that warship out of the Panama Canal. And instead, you don't hear a peep out of this administration. Um, They just let them walk all over the United States. And um, we could, we should be able to force Iran to pull that warship out of the canal. Uh, But Biden is still trying desperately to give the mullahs in Iran a couple of trillion dollars. Of moolah. I'll give them the moolah. Yeah, that's good. To the moolahs. Moolah to the moolahs. That's good, uh, Doug. <laughs> and, uh, and they I won't take it. something once in a while. They won't take it. But, oh, uh, but it, this, this is just terrible. And it's, it's something that we clearly have the right to deal with. Uh, I spoke we to President Trump. Tr- I spoke to President Trump about it yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Uh-huh. He asked me to send him a copy of the treaty, which I did. And he said, I'm really interested in this. I'm really taking this seriously. Uh, and then he began to talk about how the canal was the greatest public works project in history. And 
pointed out that 25,000 Americans died building the canal. Wow. Not through war, but through mosquitoes, through yellow fever. And, um, <laughs> and no, really, it was, wow. it was terrible. Wow. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he did. <laughs> And uh, amazing. Let me tell you, this guy's got information. He talks to me about things that especially forget. And when he's building something, he knows all about the details. I'm sorry. Go on. Go no, on that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so yeah. so I hope that he does something about this and we'll we'll keep the EP posted on that. Let's go yeah. to Judith. In we Brooklyn. need him back is what we do. We need him back. Yeah, we should do. Yeah. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hi. Hey, Judith. How are you? Hi, Judith. Hi. Hi, Dick, and hi, Doug. Listen, a couple of things real fast. First of all, I have to say, Dick, I care when a private citizen called Biden stole and stuck classified documents of all places in the China-owned Penn University. They could come and look at these documents. That's to me a no-no. He belongs in jail. That's one. Two, I find, Dick, I find it ironic that all these fake, phony frauds and liars in politics are actually protected with immunity with their lies and everything, and that's for congressmen and senators. Could you please explain that to me? Well, the, they're, not, they're not immune to everything, but they are immune to charges of insider trading uh, and uh, of insider trading. So, in other words, if you or I act on inside information, we get that a company is in trouble, and we switch our investments out of that company or into that company, we can be prosecuted. That's why poor Martha Stewart had to spend the time in jail. Uh, right. But a congressman or a senator does not need to do that. And there's so much evidence that people like Diane Feinstein and her mm-hmm. husband have built up a huge fortune, largely and from I think Pelosi too. Ins- yeah, largely from insider trading. Pelosi too. That's right. Huh. And um, so there is immunity for that. Judith Wales got. I think I thought they allowed to lie as well. I was told when they're over there in Congress, they could lie and they cannot be prosecuted. Meanwhile, well, with George that's, Santos, that's not because of Congress. That's because public officials cannot be sued for libel unless you can demonstrate that they knew that what they were saying was wrong. They did it with a reckless and deliberate disregard uh, for the truth. And that's a high standard to follow. So in practice in America, we can't sue our politicians for libel. In Britain, they can, and they do it all the time. Yeah. Something here, too, Dick, you know something? As far as I'm concerned, this is not anymore about right versus left. It's about right versus wrong, and it's for all us Americans, everyone living here. We are just living under such a dictatorship and so many corruptions going on at the same time. It's just yep. it's just mind-boggling. It, you make it, it makes you dizzy. And, Dick, I want to thank you so much because your show is terrific and you always come up with different information, oh. very important information for everyone. So yeah. thank and you. Thank you for your questions, uh, Judith. They're, and they're you very too, good. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the point here is that we are living in a society that is less and less free with the government agencies suppressing our speech. And uh, the reason the Twitter files are important is that it shows that the government systematically used the FBI to intervene in the election of 2020 to stop Donald Trump from becoming president. You know, Trump talks on a lot about the fraud in the 2020 election, and he's got a very good case. But you don't have to probe each of the boxes in Fulton County or in Maricopa County to understand how that fraud took place. 
You don't have to go to a judge who looks at the ballots. You don't have to go to an investigation. Just start with the fact that two weeks before the election, there was a laptop computer that was Hunter Biden's that showed payoffs were going to Joe Biden from money that they got from the Chinese Communist Party. And then, by the way, to keep you posted on that, then while after he left the vice presidency, Biden set up the Penn Biden Center, uh, which was funded by China, the Center for Global Engagement, they called it. And Biden was paid a million dollars a year to be a no-show professor at the University of Pennsylvania, never taught, taught a course. And his future Secretary of State, Blinken, was paid $100,000 a year to be the chief of staff of the Biden Center, and oh by, again, by China. And University of Pennsylvania will not release the names of the donors, but they have released that they're from Chinese, Chinese sources. And obviously any money from China is from the Communist Party there. So we, this information was publicly available two weeks before the election. And when the laptop was released, they didn't cover it, would not cover it. Then we had the second debate. And at the debate, Trump brilliantly brought Joe Biden's sons, Hunter Biden's business partner, who had right. flipped on him and talked about how bad this was. The guy that was a, on the golf course with them. Yeah, right. To yeah. a press uh-huh. conference at the debate site. And uh, he's saying that now you have to cover this. And in the debate itself, he asked a question about this. Well, knowing that he was going to do that, the FBI and the CIA got rounded up 50 intel officials, former intel officials, who advised each of the media and Twitter and Facebook and all of them, that and the New York Times and the Washington Post, that Russian disinformation was about to be released about the Hunter Biden laptop computer. And that the computer was suspicious, that there was a lot of evidence to indicate it was illegitimate, and you should not cover this because this is a lie. And Leon Panetta, the former, my former boss at the Clinton White House, uh, led that group. And it just turned out to be completely wrong. The, the laptop was fine. It's been authenticated. The emails are genuine and they clearly show that Joe Biden and his son were in the pay of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, for many years before he was elected president. Pay to play. Well, yeah, some some play. Yeah, something That's like right. that. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to Jack in White Plains. Hey, Jack. Hi. I uh, called uh, McCarthy's office before he got final election, and I had suggested they do a reform of immigration where they would have uh, 60 days. No, they would have one year or six months to process legal immigration instead of this three years to five years that they're using now. Mm-hmm. And I said that they should transfer 75,000 positions from the IRS, new positions, yeah. to border and immigration. Right. Well, and, the 87,000, good idea. The 87,000 IRS agents uh, is at stake in this debt limit deal. We can cut them out in return for increasing the debt limit. And that's the only way we're going to be able to do it, and we should do that. But the basic point in your question, Jack, is excellent, which is that 
as we are now letting in illegal immigrants as fast as they can come in, we're not prosecuting them, we're not holding them, we're not even tracking them, and they pour into our country. Um, we are still in taking legal immigrants, people who have waited online, waited their turn, complied with our law. We're taking forever to process them coming into the country. And it's a, it, it should be the exact other way around. Thanks for right. calling, Jack. Let's go. Last to- night, Dick. Yeah. Uh, last night I was uh, at a restaurant in West Palm and the owner's girlfriend, whatever, she was from Croatia. And she's been in and out of this country. She's got every three months she has to go back for three months or something to that effect. And she's leaving tomorrow to go back to Croatia for that exact problem. Yeah. Illegal. She's doing it legal. Yeah, right. Well, (laughs) you tell me to swim over the border. I told her her that. I said, go down to Mexico, speak Spanish, come in, and and they'll give you everything. You'll get a bus back here and a plane. That's right. A bus, a plane. And the, the hotel plane, room. Right. Let's go to Terry in the East Village. Hi, Terry. Uh, the most protected people right now in America are the Obamas. And I feel uh, they've set up the entire situation. How could Obama not know what was going on? And right. the, the silence is deafening, yeah. absolutely well, deafening. I'm furious. Let me, let me unravel that a little, Terry. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden limped into the South Carolina primary in 2020, in 2020, and he had lost New Hampshire and Nevada and, um, and Iowa at the first three primaries. And he was running like fourth or fifth in South Carolina when Obama arranged for Clyburn, the congressman from South Carolina and the boss of the black community there to endorse Biden. And that told every black in the country, now you got to vote for Biden. And Super Tuesday was three days later, and the black vote controlled the outcome there. And that's how Biden became president. And Obama has treated it as his third term. Uh, And he's right to do so. He got the guy elected. Now let's just make sure we get him defeated. Thanks very much, folks. Have a great weekend. It's an honor to be here, Dick Morris. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.